Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Help Me Be Me. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Bates. I'm a writer, director, mom, and a breakup coach with an MAMFT. And this podcast is kind of like a personal relationship in that I talk to you like you're my friend. I provide tools to help you feel more grounded, empowered, inspired, and most of all, help you see yourself. This is aimed at creating more harmony and happiness in the relationship you have with you, so you can better guide your life and also be better to those you love. Take what helps and leave the rest. This is not a diagnosis for treatment. If you're really struggling, call your local emergency services. Hi, everyone. This is an episode I am calling a codependency workshop. And I would say this is an episode that is going to challenge you. So if you are a caregiver type who does all the work in your relationships, this is an episode for, uh, I would call it being introspective or just taking an inventory. And really, it's about seeing your power and also your role in how this dynamic is created and really just calling out these unconscious motives that we have like there is this weird desire to keep someone reliant or less than in the the power position of a relationship and that is not deliberate it's more just something that we fall into because it feels safe and it feels comfortable for us so this is an episode that's really about becoming aware of all of those little things. And that's it. It's not about making big moves or big changes or blowing up a relationship. It's just about kind of evoking this curiosity and awareness around all of these things that are happening so kind of, you know, underground in a relationship dynamic. It's this unconscious thing that occurs as you are revealed next to to someone. Like, if we have a history of neediness of some sort that is created by an imbalance in a relationship, let's say with a caregiver, that will continue on in our adult relationships. And it often comes up as soon as we feel completely vulnerable to someone. And we can kind of get agitated by the feelings of vulnerability. It makes us feel powerless and kind of like grope for feelings of control. And that is kind of how this stuff comes about. So if you are someone who you know gets too wrapped up in the thoughts and feelings of others, then I would say this is an episode for you. This also extends to feeling like you need others to act a certain way in your relationship. So like if you feel like you are doing it all and the person you're in a relationship with is doing nothing or they're not doing enough or you feel like they're not... Um, pulling their weight. In other words, you get stuck in that caregiver role or a role where you are overactive and they are the one who is underactive. Because really what this comes down to is not being able to accept the truth of someone else 
as they are. Like that's the weird part that we don't realize. It's a denial of a truth of who someone is. And in that denial, there is this overcompensation that occurs, which leads eventually to feeling resentful at this person for not being the way we want them to be. So that is where this episode is focused. I'm, I'm thinking of it as like a codependency workshop or a way to own codependency. And I'm going to start this episode with total honesty, which is kind of like breathing in that it's this freeing and natural process. So just so you know, ironically, I am closer to you guys than most people I talk to every day just because of the medium of this podcast. Like this and where it comes from for me is a thousand percent authentic. And whatever I'm working on in my life, whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I'm processing, is like absolutely what I channel into every episode. So for whatever that's worth, you if you listen to this show regularly, you probably know me better than most people I'm the closest to in my life. <laughs> anyway, I had this recent experience where I had to rely on someone because I was experiencing extreme exhaustion. And I noticed this really strange response in myself to this person feeling happy and successful in their stepping up for me. There was this like impulse to that independence in me, which was to push it down and be like, no, don't do it that way. Do it my way. Like this knee jerk reaction to regain that power position of I do everything. I'm the one that does everything. You owe me. And what dawned on me is that energy of controlling was misplaced. It was, I got really curious though in that moment. And that is what I want to invite you to do today. If you are a person who knows you have codependent tendencies and you think of yourself as someone who gives and gives and someone in your life or the common trait in your relationships is that other people take and take, this is an invitation to you because that impulse, that desire to control is coming not from a place of making things better for all. Like this is not from feeling rewarded by doing it all. It's really motivated by old fear. Old fear of not being enough without all the extra work. It's like on some level we are manufacturing the debt of others as a means to secure love. But that is a, a strategy that is misplaced. Like it's a bunk, really draining strategy. But all of that is happening so underground. Like we don't even recognize all of those processes coming about. So it's like in order to stop them, we have to almost notice them and step back for a moment and be like, oh, that's weird. That's weird that I'm trying to do that. I don't think that's actually in my best interests to do that. Because in our best interests is for both parties to feel on equal ground and to feel essential, to feel rewarded, to feel important, to be, to feel like uh, well-rounded, um, uh, respected human beings. So I have a big disclaimer before I go further into this episode. I want to give you these insights and tools, but I also do not want to talk you into being in a bad relationship. Like, I don't want you to listen to this and be like, you know what? I feel better about eating shit 
No, we us recovering codependents are really good at tolerating really bad behavior. And I think what we have to do is learn self-defense and self-honoring and not learn how to put more on ourselves or excuse more bad behavior. So I just want to say, just keep that top of mind if you're listening to this. This is not in any way to encourage you to swallow more shit in a relationship that is uneven and it's making you feel worn down and like you have nothing. Absolutely not. This is really just a reflection invitation for you on you and like noticing your own power and control in this dynamic. And there are three major metaphors I wanted to plant in your mind for the context of this relationship. The first one is called the original stage. This idea is where it's like this, this origin story, it's this origin dynamic. This is where what we are constantly resetting. The original setting of whatever got burned into us in our memory in childhood, our original quest. Because this is what we are consciously, sorry, unconsciously still striving for, but it's always out of reach. Why? Because that quest is total muscle memory and the problem is not real. It is something we enact by habit. So by that, I mean like the original stage of why don't my parents see me? Why, are, why aren't they paying attention to me? I'm in all this pain. That's an original stage that will be reset as an adult in all similar moments of powerlessness, even if the other person is nothing like your caregiver was. That's the first metaphor. Second metaphor is the caregiver slash savior and the inept baby bird fuck up. <laughs> baby bird wasn't enough for me. I had to add that part. Well, this, this metaphor is you versus whoever you have in your life. Or perhaps it's the other way around. Maybe you're the baby bird. Either way, it's like this groove we tend to fall into of we're the savior and they're the mess, and they're the one that is slow and incapable, you are not, or vice versa. And this is just a way that we will relate to others in that our perspective is always kind of just resetting, defaulting to that idea, which very much blinds us to who a person might be in reality. So it's like this Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, I get it. You don't get it. like that kind of go to stance is what I'm referring to. And the third metaphor is called the throne. And this is what we feel best on because it means we can maintain safe distance and control. And so this is the foundation for all that is imbalanced. Like we stay on the throne and we like to call the shots. And also, we have not really started trusting others yet because. They have clearly let us down in the past. So why the fuck would we start now? It's that thinking of a child in the body of an adult that is not rational or healthy for us or necessary now, but we cannot stop because we haven't yet noticed this habit in ourselves. And it's really hard to untrain this, but once you start to try, as I am doing now, what you realize is everyone gets happier you get happier and those you love who have been playing the role of the inept baby fuck up also get happier and also become more high functioning and that is all the background I want you to have 
just on what is being triggered in the process of being in close and intimate relationships. Like when we get these certain old feelings, we reset that original stage and we use these old strategies as a way to stay secure. However, those old strategies really only reaffirm the imbalances and somewhat create them. Like where they aren't fully there, we will kind of manufacture them. And I'm not saying that there aren't real issues in whatever this relationship is. I'm just saying that when we step back, we can really see how we might be creating an additional affirmation of the issue and sustaining them with our responses, like doubling down on them, you know? So this is just about examining our own power and role, which can be a a massive key that unlocks so much change. Like even in situations where we feel like we are powerless, just this step back and recognition can create like massive milestones and wakes of change. It's pretty powerful. So with that, here we go with the tools. But before I go into the tools, first, a brief word from our sponsors. Okay, here we go. The tools. The first tool is called Royally Weed Out or Explicitly Awesome. A lot of the time we hear things from our partners like, did we do XYZ? Which is code for, did you do XYZ and can you do XYZ? Or an assumption that you did something or it was implied that you were supposed to do something. To which we often reply, oh, no, okay, I, I will do XYZ. So this tool is strictly to call out that process in action and offer you a new, more thoughtful reply that is absolutely devoid of all hostility, all negativity, all negative charge. It's really just to own your role in this exchange and own that often you will absolutely say, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Don't worry, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. Which over time leads to feeling taken advantage of, lopsided uh, efforts, and feeling drained, feeling exhausted, feeling put upon. So here is what I want to offer you to say the next time that happens. Did we do XYZ? No, we didn't. Can you please do it? No, that hasn't happened yet. Can you take care of that, please? That's it. The end. And I think it's especially important to say, can you do that? Because if not, it is always going to be assumed because of your past roles that you are the one that's going to take care of something. And this is not like mean. It's just a way to be clear. That's it. All right. Next tool, help me highlighter. I'm asking you to scan for an opportunity to ask for help, not actually do the asking for help just yet because this is for us in particular very hard to do why because it means relinquishing control and becoming a commoner a peasant who's not on a throne we like to be on our throne of control so all i'm asking you to do is just observe and notice a situation where you are physically overwhelmed feeling taxed 
feeling exhausted, feeling like, yeah, this is taking a lot out of me to do this thing. Just notice that moment. Just highlight it in your mind's eye. There are so many opportunities when we can ask for help, when we don't. I just want you to become conscious of those opportunities. And then eventually, if it feels right for you, take the next step and ask for help. And I'm talking little tiny moments of asking for help. Hey, can you uh, pick up this to-go order for me? Hey, can you uh, please book this appointment for me? All things that take 15 minutes, but those add up. So if you are a doer, if you are the doer in your relationship, friendship, partnership, whatever it is, look for that next opportunity. All right, next tool is called of babies and bathwater. There's often a response to react to what is bad as if it's the totality of life. And this is in part the unmet need that gets triggered, that that original stage from childhood. And because of that baggage, we relive that feeling whenever someone disappoints us. We feel like, oh, it's all happening just like it used to. When in reality, it can be something totally random and trivial. So I just want you to remember that fact, not throw the baby out with the bathwater, and know that you will have different conversations and different interactions depending on each individual's emotional state and whatever moment of the month or day in the life it happens to be, whether or not each person, one person, both people feel safe and balanced has so much to do with the outcome of a conversation. So just recall this truth if you have had an interaction that is leaving you feeling unseen, lonely, is resetting that original stage of like, why am I even in this relationship? They don't even love me. It's See, this is proof. Like the feeling is so total. But I want you to just take a step back. And this is the second half of this tool. It's a mantra. Was life different yesterday? Was life different last week? Maybe this isn't all what it feels like. Maybe this isn't all of who this person is or what your relationship is. Remain open to an opposite truth to reveal itself. Just that's all it is. The mantra is, was life different yesterday? Was life different a week ago? And then take that mental step of resuming openness. Like, I welcome an opposite and unexpected future to occur. That's it. That's what we we energetically embody. All right, next tool is called, oh, it's a journal entry. It's a reflection exercise. Um, it, this is just a, so this is a prompt. There are a couple of prompts. I want to invite you to reflect on these ideas of things that are unconsciously sustaining imbalances in a broad sense in your relationship or relationships. So the first prompt, what are the imbalances in my relationship? Second half of that, how am I benefiting from the imbalances in my relationship? And I, mainly, I just want you to notice what they are and recognize, like, these are are part of something that we identify with as a strength, obviously. But I also want us to recognize that they are in some ways unhealthy. And a lot of the time, we can see how we are putting them upon ourselves like these habits are not necessarily being dictated by others a lot of the time 
There's things that we have just kind of assumed are necessary and they're not necessary. So this is just about that initial step back of perspective. And yes, you are great at so many things. Yes, you are so high-functioning. But at what cost? Like there is a middle ground that is not as hard on you. That's what we're trying to get to. Second journal prompt, how would I be happier? And how would this other person be happier without these imbalances? Like if I were to alter this unevenness, in what ways would it benefit my life? And you could just jot down a list. And I'm telling you, like tiny moves make a big difference in just your your energy level, your feeling of calm, your reservoir for joy. This is really what it's doing is tipping a balance in a direction of giving you more relaxation, more self-love, more feelings of value in your life. And the reason to do this entry to this reflection exercise is to simply start to step, lean in this new direction. And what happens it's like we're not making major moves in our relationship. We're making very tiny, subtle perspective moves. What happens is just like two partners doing a salsa, we move in a new way and the other person can no longer dance in the same way they were dancing before. So our change, our step back in energy affects, makes very consistent wakes of change in how the other person moves as well. All right, next tool is a mantra. When is it actually not working? So I say this as a person who is a multi-hyphenate, always multitasking kind of person. I'm guessing you are too. But we get into this mode of making it work. And it's like this muscle mode of like, I'm going to fucking do it. I can do it. I can do it. So I just want you to ask yourself, in moments when that's happening, is it actually not working? Just be honest with yourself. Is this... Maybe could this be a lot better than what it is? Like, yes, you're making it work, but at what cost? So this is just a little bit of a new lens to put on things that you push yourself to do that may be slightly out of bounds for you. Like maybe it's really actually too hard on you to do these things. Like if you're multitasking times a million, this is just take a sample. We're taking a little biopsy of that in your life. That is going to, that's that's the sum of your life. Is If that's how you're operating in today, that is who you are in the totality of your life. And is that a good thing? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way. We get to choose, we get to design exactly the energy and the way we designate our attention in a day. So if you're working yourself so hard to please someone else or many other people, yes, you can do it, but should you do it? Look at what the doing is doing to the quality of your life. Like just examine that in the moment. And so really this tool is just a consciousness prompt and also maybe reconsider that. Maybe reconsider this work ethic and how it plays a role in the joy quotient of your life. All right, next tool. Wear the less than, uh, sorry, wear less than like a coat. It's a weird one because it's like, wait, I don't want to be less than. This is a way to externalize feelings that are unconsciously driving a lot of our decisions to control. I want you to pull it out and wear it like it's a coat, like it's an old shabby coat. that's like a thrifted coat. And we somehow 
you know, we're carrying it around like it's a blankie. And it is what it is. It comes out. Sometimes this little coat comes out and we wear it. It's fine. To reject that is not as effective as holding on to it and becoming aware of it and really embracing it. Yes, we have triggers. And yeah, they're going to come out and they're going to, we're going to be living in that coat. We're going to be feeling like I'm a loser. Nobody likes me. They're not respecting me. They love me less. Whatever those feelings are, they come out, they kind of overtake us emotionally. And our job in that moment is just to notice it. Just like a little kid has wandered into the room and they're, they're standing in the doorway, quietly watching. It's our little kid self. And they're just kind of waiting for you to notice that they're there. So when we can hold on to that feeling and just kind of think of it as our material, it's like out in front of our faces, we're holding on to it. I would say that is the first moment where we are really in real life. Like we have become conscious of this feeling as true and authentic. And in that, we are not identified with it. We are, it separates from us. You know, in recovery, they say rock bottom is the first day of your life. And this is similar in that we are looking at something. Oh, this feeling came up. Huh. And we're not rejecting it and pretending it's not there. And in that process, we are loving all of ourselves. We're saying like, oh, I'm having that thing come up. And then we just sit with it. We kind of embrace ourselves. It passes. We move through it. We traverse it. And then it subsides. So we're not, it's not like I'm saying like, feel less than and be proud of it and embrace that. It's just, it's not about agreeing to be that way. It's just about noticing with a quiet sense of compassion that something is happening and it otherwise would be coloring our life and the lives of those we love. Instead, it's just like I'm pulling it forward and being like, oh, you're here. Okay. It's okay. And now you're gone. All right. The next tool Judge by the good, not just the bad. I think one thing that happens to us with these kinds of issues is we are always looking for the perfect answer. Like, we are always looking for this thing has to be done just right. And that is the controller in us. And one thing it does is it makes it really hard for others to win. Like, it's like some part of us is always saying like, no, but that's not what I wanted. No, you fucked it up. Nope, you did it wrong. You did the wrong thing is like this emotional label for you're not lining up in the part I've cast you for in my original stage. And that original stage, it's never going to be enough, ever. Because on that original stage, that moment has passed that damage has been done. We are now grown. And we didn't get what we needed. And that is something we work through as adults. We kind of cry about. We let it go. We mourn for it. We, most of all, we just process that that is true. And we, we feel compassion for ourselves in that knowledge. But in this judging in the present, what I really want you to do is just notice, oh, I have those ideals. I reset those ideals and just see it in yourself. I, I'm constantly recognizing things in myself like, wow, I'm always, I always have this feeling of, yeah, but you didn't, that wasn't exactly right though. You tried, but like, I really wanted it to be this way. 
that little voice of judgment is not related to the present. It's related to the past. And it's not enough because you fucked up. That's the feeling. That is not something that the people of today deserve. That's not fair. So this is about really just taking apart all of the layers to those little inner narratives that we don't even notice when they come out. And when we can do that, we are really honoring those we love. We're honoring reality. And we're also being able to see another person in their own value scale for who they are and what is great about them. Like It allows us to actually appreciate the people around us and what they really gift to us. All right. Next tool is called, I feel really good about myself. (laughs) This is another journal entry with no time limit. I just want you to keep it top of mind. The next time you feel like you did a really good job at being you in your day, like it feels like a very full, complete day, you feel proud of who you are, you feel proud of all of the things you did, I want you to journal about it and just describe all of the ingredients that made that feel so complete. I had one of these days recently, and it wasn't like, yeah, I fucking won that pitch and da-da-da-da. It was really like I was so good to my family. I made my kids' lives feel so secure and happy and joyful. I was able to be present. I was able to feel proud of myself creatively. It It was a very balanced thing that related to connection to others. So I just want you to invite you to take stock of a moment like that when you just get a snapshot of like, ah, I'm very proud of me in today. All right. And the next tool, sacred balance. This is just a reminder. Keeping the balance is super important. And we really have to become experts on what keeps us functioning. Because it's really easy to be consumed by someone else's suffering and whatever shit they're going through in their life. And it can take over your view of the world, and all of the things you hold dear. So this is what I want you to prioritize. Just the input, your balance, your sanity. It's really easy to lose respect for that, like to see, to say like, ah, I'm going to help that person. I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to make it all better. I'm going to change all of these factors to make this system work better. But don't ever underestimate your balance like that is so key and vital for you just to live sustainably you know and recognize how whatever major tweaks you're making whatever input you're giving into your body notice how it affects the rest of your life notice how it affects your work life your ability to sleep your ability to exercise your ability to feel joyful and hopeful All of those are very important little meters. Like, I want you to just watch the little dials that is your emotional health. My grandmother had a very, um, she was like working for her church. She was helping all these families. She also had five kids. She was alone during wartime when my grandfather was in World War II. Dot, dot, dot. She had a nervous breakdown and had to be hospitalized. And I, I really respect that that is something that's possible for very intelligent, driven, capable people. So I am, I know when I'm getting too close to the fire, I'm like, oh, I need to tone it down. I need to step back. I really need to close off what I'm allowing into my brain and my body. Because even if I care so much about it, 
Sometimes I'm just like, I want to change that thing. That's such a big problem. I need to change it. But if it's tipping you in a balance of now I'm feeling hopeless, now I'm not as well, I'm not, I'm not functioning as well as I was, that's a sign you got to step back and stay safe. Like keep the fire out. You need you operating at the optimal level in order to do the most good. It's like that, you know, metaphor of the airplane pamphlet, like put your mask on first. Otherwise, you're no good to anybody. And those are my tools. I hope these are really helpful. Before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsor, Madeline. Thank you so very much for your donation. Anyone who has the means, donations really help out the show. If you don't have the means, I get it. If you could share it with anyone that you think it would help, that helps me as well. And uh, if you want to see more of my work, you can head to yaywithme.com um, and click donate, or you can go to my Patreon, Patreon. In closing, I uh, have a very specific closing message today. If you live in Austin and you'd like to see me in person, I'm inviting you to vote in the South by Southwest panel picker. I have a proposal all about externalizing the fear you have around success and basically using curiosity as a means to start work on feelings of low self-worth. So the voting for this ends on Sunday, the 20th of August. So ignore this if you are listening to this past that date. This is 2023. And if you don't live in Austin, please do not vote. I would really like to speak if there are people who are going to be there who would like to hear me speak. But thank you for, if you were thinking of that, thank you for that thought regardless. And uh, either way, I wanted to do an exercise with you that is a part of my speech. It's this idea that we often avoid thinking about something that we dread and like that we don't know how to solve and that is how that thing flourishes and that is how problems become chronic and they kind of unseen guide who we are so if there is a thing that has been sitting in you that's bugging you that's kind of like scraping and itching at the back of your head and you don't know how to address it but it's but it's there i'm just going to invite you to call that thing to your mind that you have waited to say to yourself or acknowledge to yourself, like, what's that thing that's been lurking? Is there a thing? Just allow it to, to drift consciousness. And whatever it was, know that this is your clay. It's, it's yours in your hands to work with. It's on the outside. And I invite you to name it, say it aloud, write it down, or say it to someone else. Most importantly, I really want you to think of it as arts material. It's not negative. It's, it just is. It's a thing. It's material to be worked through, to be molded in your hands and explored. And we can very easily just remove that energy of dread from the equation. That's the second arrow of judgment. That's our interpretation of something that exists. That part is optional. And when we are in the molding of it, and by that I mean the looking at it as objective matter. In that process, we are free. We are liberated from the dread of this thing. Because the more you look at it, and the more you listen to yourself talk about it, the more matter-of-fact and objective the path to healing this thing and its role in your life becomes. Like, it's no longer a terror it's a thing that is in process. So as we work 
through something, we just, we digest it in some ways. We make it into what it is eventually meant to be in our hands, in front of us. And it loses its stigma. It becomes our object to hold and mold. It's not a bad thing. It's just something we're, we're working on. And wherever we are on any issue, that is where we start. Things continue to move forward and evolve and unfold organically from that point. With influence from outside factors, all things become much more malleable, much more fluid, much more digestible. So I hope this helped in some way, and I send you my love. And don't forget to smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.